What is going on? And uh, man, we, we punched the playoff ticket this week. So many things happening. We could punch the uh, ticket. Uh, well, actually, not punch the ticket, but we could win back-to-back AFC championships this week for the first time since the early 90s. Because the Jets coming up. Um, we got some things we got to talk about. The Bills running game got going. That was nice. Very, very nice thing to see. I know my man James right here. You know, you guys know James is our our uh, our uh, lovable running back here. So, uh, you know, he he was glad to see that. I think James going to be in a nice mood tonight because of that. Um Josh Allen didn't look too good, but it doesn't matter. We still got the dub, and that's what franchise quarterbacks do when you don't have games. You just have to find ways to win them. And uh, the defense is a little bit shaky, but they got the five sacks that I was asking for against Matt Ryan. Did. I, I, did. Did ask, I did ask for five sacks. I didn't know it actually took a couple minutes ago that they actually got five. But I asked for five sacks against the stationary Matt Ryan and, and a bad Falcons office line, I felt. I got that. A lot of good things to talk about this week. So tonight we're going to be talking about, obviously, Devin Singletary's performance versus the Falcons. We've been begging and banging the table for months now for him to get more touches. He gets them, and guess what he produced? It's good to see. Zach Moss actually looked extremely focused. We'll touch on that a little bit. I also want to talk about uh, a guy, Levi Wallace, and how well he's been playing in the absence of Trey White. And what do we think the possibility of an extension is there? What will we do? What will we give? And, the last, and, and obviously, we all know about what happened with Antonio Brown this week. And obviously, this is a Bills platform. But at one point in the time, Antonio Brown was very, very, very close to being a Buffalo Bill. And uh, I just want to touch on what do we think would have happened if that went through? Because we were very close. I mean, we, to our knowledge, we struck a deal. And Antonio, his agent, backed out of it, didn't say he wanted to go to Buffalo. And Brandon Bean just nixed the deal. But... So we got some things we got to talk about tonight. But I actually got to say hello to people. Ruth, say hello to my guest, James Mallory, as I like to call him, NFL pedigree, former NFL running back, James Mallory. James, what's going on? Uh, what's up, what's ha- up, man? Hey, Happy today? Yeah, man, I'm happy. <laughs> Besides not being able to go to the barber shop because my barber, you know, he ain't been able to get me right. But it's okay. We uh, we in a good mood, you know. So we 10 and 6. Let's roll. 10 to 6. 10 to 6. I mean, obviously not, not exactly where we want it to be um, at this point. I think we would have rather 12 wins or 11 wins, especially go back to that Jacksonville game. I'm not going to harp on it too much. Oh, yeah, don't forget, we do have bad takes tonight. And for the first time on this Nothing Personal, we actually have a good take. A very, 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 very good take that I have. Oh, really? I, yes, I I. I was gonna give a Christmas, New Year's, New Year's resolution. I said, you know, I'm gonna try to find something good tonight, and I found a really, really good one. I thought. Um, so we're gonna touch on that, but uh, James, let's break down this Falcons game real quick. We knew that the Bills need to come out and have a pretty good performance against a team that was fighting for a playoff spot, and I, I think that one of those things that we didn't talk about and that people didn't talk about was. Obviously, we wanted to see the Bills dominate the Falcons, but the Falcons were very alive in the NFC playoff race, and they had something to play for coming to Buffalo. This was not a team at the end of the season that was coming in here where the coach looking to get fired. The guys are shutting it down. They had something to play for. Josh Allen threw for three interceptions. Obviously, two of the passes were tipped. One was a really, really egregious interception in the red zone, which on third down, this is some of the things we talk about, the hero ball and very Brett Farvish traits. You always talk about the Brett Favre comparisons yeah, came out where we don't take the points. But overall, what did you see from Josh? What did you see from the Bills? What did you think of that offense before we get to motor? Man, I mean, 
one thing about Josh, it seems like for whatever reason, the passing game just wasn't clicking. But when you go back and kind of look at the film, uh, the Falcons, I mean, they were geared up to stop the pass. I mean, their linebackers literally were lying seven and a half yards deep. So they kind of dared us to run the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care how good your your pass office is. If you have linebackers seven and a half yards deep, it's going to be very, very hard to be successful. But special teams find a way to win, and the Bills found a way to win, man. And let's not forget, people are talking about it like the Falcons were like the Lions or something coming in here where <laughs> they're just not a very good football team. This this was a pretty good football team, man. Um, They've lost some close games, and they were fighting for their playoff lives. So you're talking about a, a solid team that's hungry and fighting for their playoff lives, and you come out and you take care of business, I mean, that speaks volumes about this team and just and, – and, you know, the pride that they have. And I'm, I was really impressed at how they did it. You know, we haven't seen the Bills win a game like that in a long time. Running the football, being physical. I, I came on the show a few weeks ago and I said that I didn't think they had it in them to do that. I didn't. If you told me we had to run the ball that much and run it like that effectively to win the game, I, I would have said, uh, you tripping, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, uh, they, man, they proved me wrong. Not that we don't have the ability to do it. It's just they haven't shown the ability to do it. So I would have bet against – you know, them being able to do it. But, you know, like you said, we've been pounding the table for Singletary for a while, man. I mean, he's a 1,200-yard back in his league. No if ands, or buts about it. Um, he's definitely a 1,200-yard back in his league. Uh, the defense, they had some moments. But you know what? They got to they got to the quarterback. And, you know, when it, when it was time to make a play, they were there. They were there, and they, they showed up for us. Um, I just – I'm very, very – excited about what can be. I mean, if we can get this running game to be consistent like this in the playoffs, oh, boy. Look well, out. You, you know, it's funny that you say if we can get it clicking for the playoffs. Obviously, we know that the teams we're going to see. This could be pretty much all teams possible that we've seen in the last – this season or last season. And I don't know how many of those teams actually saw a very good running game from the Buffalo Bills or a consistent running game for Buffalo Bills. So that's something I can't even say these teams are prepped for game prep from because as we know our guy brian dable he, he, he he's kind of allergic to running the football normally so um you know i thought josh i thought josh um came back just fine i, I thought that he regrouped i think that he rebounded um obviously it was not a good passing game and, I, and i'll continue to hammer home the point that josh allen as strong as his arm is and i know he has all the traits to throw the ball in any type of weather He's from California, and he does not play well in the elements. And I, I get it. a lot of people want to say, hey, you know, this is Buffalo weather, and he has all the traits. Just because you have a strong arm does not mean that you're going to play good within the elements. And I thought that this game showed that again. Um, as far as throwing the ball, running the ball, he was effective. Was definitely effective to the tune of uh to the tune of 15 carries, 81 yards, and another two, two touchdowns. Five point yard, five point four yards to carry. So, like you said, it was an ugly win, but I think we needed one of those. Absolutely, because that's what that was. That's what playoff football sometimes looks like. It's not always pretty, especially with the weather coming to Buffalo. We don't know what if we walk up to AFC East this year, this um, week. We don't know what that weather is going to be for that first playoff game. Maybe a second playoff game. Maybe a third playoff game at home. We have no idea. What that weather's gonna be. You guys know how it is in Western New York. You wake up and it be sunny. You go to the store, 
come back, use the bathroom like outside, and it's two inches of snow outside. It'll just be that like that quick. tomorrow. Yeah, just that, just that quick. So I think that it was good that they got that the W that way. Um, the interceptions don't don't worry me. A lot of people are worried about the interceptions. They they don't worry me. Two two of those passes were tipped. One was just I think was going to be intercepted regardless. The one I think he was trying to find digs in the back of the end zone for, on the goal line play. That was a very arrogant and cocky throw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Would they call it arm arrogance? Yeah, yeah. That that was an arrogant throw. And, and Josh knew better. He he know he he knows not to do that. Because in that situation too, you have to um, you have to take those points, especially right before half. I think we would have took the field goal. We probably been, I think was seventeen to two at that point. Yeah, was it? Yeah, it was fourteen to two when we threw the interception. Okay, so it probably, okay. It would it would have been seventeen to two possibly if Bass connects. And that's another thing too. I'm kind of worried about. Um, on a side note here, right? We've been extra aggressive. McDermott has been overly aggressive the last two games. I'm thinking maybe that last game for that that fourth down, um, couple fourth down plays went. Maybe it'll been a good idea to let Bass kick field goals in this weather. Because remember, Tyler Bass is from Georgia Southern, from the South. He's still getting used to kicked in the Western New York. And if you've ever talked to any Bills kicker, especially if you ever hear the former Bills great Steve Christie talk, he always speaks about getting used to kicking in the Buffalo wins. It's not something that's easy. We saw it that Patriot game with Bass. So, uh, you know, I, I think that this next week coming up, if we get some of these field goal opportunities, we should definitely take them because we don't, like I said, once again, we get a home game in the playoffs. We don't know what that weather's going to be. But Stefan Diggs, man, Stefan Diggs, uh, he was he became the first Buffalo Bill to have 90-plus receptions in consecutive seasons. That's I mean, crazy. I never knew that until when I seen that stat. I'm like, Really? No Eric Moles, no Andre Reed, no Lofton. I, that kind of yeah. that kind of surprised me. That surprised me. Yeah, I mean Diggs. Uh, one thing I have to say is Stefan Diggs has been more than I expected, and that's mm. hard to say because we knew we were getting an all pro type receiver. But I got to say he's ex- even exceeded my expectations. I thought we were getting a guy that was you know he get us a thousand thousand a little bit over a thousand yards, some touchdowns open some things up, but we're talking a top three to top five receiver in the league, depending on how you want to look at it, how you want to spin it. Yeah. He, he's exceeded my expectations. Has he, you know, what, what did you expect from Diggs when we traded for him? And what are you seeing now? I, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> when we traded for him, I was pissed that we gave him a first round pick. Really? Oh, I wasn't happy. I'm like, we got, we spent the first on him and my brother, who's a wide receiver, yeah. He's like, no, nah, man. He's like, yo, he can ball. He a baller. My brother was on board with it. Mm-hmm. So I usually, he, he's obviously with him being a receiver. I trusted his opinion. I'm like, uh, we'll see. I had no clue he was, you know, this good. I knew he was a, a good player. I'm not saying he was a scrub. I didn't know he was a good He exceeded expectations, man, mm-hmm. times 10 for me. You know, I would have been fine with, you know, 900 to 1,000 yards. This dude is, that's, he's crushing that. And he's consistent. He comes through. You know, he's available. Knock on wood. You know, he, he's been healthy and and playing. And one thing about it, what people don't give him credit for, that dude tough as hell, man. If you see yeah. the hits that he take, man, that dude is tough. He is a tough cat. And I, I, that's one thing that people don't give him credit for, man. That dude tough as hell. He'll do whatever, man. he take a hit, get back up, and he's ready to roll. 
And he fight past three hours, man. He has exceeded expectations for me, at least. He's a baller. You, you know, another thing about it, and you talk about toughness, that's, that hit late in that game scared the hell out of me. Uh, I thought he I thought he was concussed, and he came right back. Yeah. Uh, he played, I think, last year he played most of the season through a – he had a core injury. Yep. And, and those are tough to play through. We, so we've seen um, Randall Cobb from the from the Packers be on IR because of one. So, and then Cody Wilson says, hey, he'll get in your face right after he's a straight dog. I, I mean, definitely. I mean, he brings that attitude. And, and we've been saying for a couple of years, we that's what we lacked here in Buffalo. We lacked that in-your-face guy that I'm better than you, I'm going to play better than you, and then I'm going to tell you and show you that I'm better than you. That's who Stephon Diggs is. He's like a humble, passive-aggressive. If you say something to him first, he's going to let you know. He's going to let you know for the rest of the game. Ask J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson is still on the milk curtain for guard with Stephon Diggs. And they say he may be one of the top five corners in the NFL. Still missing. Stephon Gilmore. And the thing is, too, I love about Stephon, too, is when he gets a tough matchup, one of those top echelon cornerbacks, top-tier cornerbacks, he gets up for it. He, lived, he lives for that moment. He lives for that matchup. He don't cower. He don't back down. He ain't looking for for uh, Dable to put him in motion, get him matched up better. He wants to go right at you, and he will. And you can't guard him in the phone booth. We seen him against Lattimore. We seen him against JC Jackson. We seen him against Gilmore, and we didn't see him score in the end zone on every single one of them. Man's a baller. He's a <laughs> baller, man. We I will give up for man. Actually, you know I know they got Justin Jefferson, but uh. Yeah, I would give up a, a first round. They, they, the Vikings should ask for more. You know, I'm pretty sure they probably look back on this and say, man, we should have got rid of Adam Thielen instead of him. They probably look at it like that now. But, man, listen. Yeah. We got it, one. Well, I'll tell you what. In in, in their defense, in, in very few trades can you say both teams won. Yeah. In that trade, both teams won. Yeah. Both teams have, have, have had success. Right now, as we speak, yes. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So, but Justin Jefferson, like he's gonna be a player. I don't see him saying Oh yeah, up. most definitely, most definitely. Um, it, 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 I mean, like I said, you don't see it much, but we, we we can say that both teams won that trade, and that and that's good to hear because, like I said, you get some trades to be so lopsided, and it's like, what are you doing? Like I, I go back to the Randy Moss trade from the Raiders to the Patriots. You know what I mean? There, there's no way that. You, that you would come close to winning that one. So uh, uh, my man Mike Boger says something interesting here. He says, my son trains with Stephon's cousin. said he would be open to Buffalo if the money is fair. You know what? Stephon Gilmore, and, and before we move on, he never actually closed the door on leaving Buffalo. He said, he told Doug Whaley to back up the bank truck. Remember he wore the cleats to the Pro Bowl? Yeah. He, Stephon never said he wouldn't come back to Buffalo. That. that <laughs> So I I totally believe it. I totally believe that he would be open. But I think he's gonna stay in Carolina. I mean, he's a family guy, that's where he's from. I don't think yeah. Stefan Gilmore be on our table, and I don't think the Bills would be that interested. I don't think we allocate money there. But I do want to talk about another cornerback. Um I do want to talk about another cornerback, one by the name of Mr. Levi Wallace, who has been stepping up very well in the absence of one Trey White. Now, I know a lot of people had their thoughts about Levi Wallace, and there's been a lot of pounding the table and clamoring to 
upgraded at the QB. I mean, I'm sorry, at the CB2 position for the last two offseasons. And somehow, some way, Levi Wallace continues to keep his job. And now we were just talking about it right after the Trey White ACL um, injury after he went down in Thanksgiving Day, where we said sometimes when you're put in a position that you have to step up, Dad, you elevate your game forever. And that seems to be Levi Wallace. I'm going to read off some numbers to you from some of these numbers are from the sixth game, some of these some numbers are from the fifth game. And I'll tell you why. Some games are over five. Um, some of these numbers I calculated were five and some over six because obviously we know when they played New England, <laughs> New England only threw the ball three times. So some of these numbers would be skewed if we put that game in there because it'd be zeros, and we know why. So over the last five or six games, he has given up. 140 yards receiving, which is 28 yards a game. The QB rating when targeting Levi Wallace is 73. The completion percentage is 60%, but there's a tidbit stat about the 60% completion rate on it. The, the targets are only 5.9 yards per target. So you're talking about quick digs, quick down and ends, comebacks. Yep. It's nothing deep down the field. Pitches. Right. Levi Wallace has been playing at an extremely high level. I wouldn't say a Pro Bowl level, but I would say a guy who looks like a number one corner right now. He's trying to get paid. James, Levi Wallace. <laughs> I, I've been a Levi Wallace guy. Um, we talk about cap allocation. Like, There's only so much you could put into certain positions. Some people really think it's fantasy football out here where you just throw money at a position and get all-stars at every position. Um you can do much, much, much worse than Levi Wallace. And he's a steady as she go player. Steady as he go, excuse me. Steady as he go player. He's not going to lose you games, and he's not going to make them huge plays. He's not. He's just not going to do it. That's just not his game. You know, he's going to be – he's going to play within the system. He's going to play within himself. You know, and he's going to give you a chance to win football games. And that's all you can ask for out of him. He knows his limitations. He knows he's not a freak athletically, you know. He has extremely long arms. He has very, very solid technique, and he uses that to his advantage. Um, and I think that's what we need. I mean, we need somebody like that. Now, Bills fans take them for granted, you know, and we've done that in the past, taking players here for granted. And when they leave, oh, he wasn't that good here. No, yeah, he was. You just took him for granted. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's remember, Bills fans wanted Robert Woods out. Like, oh, let him go, yeah. let him go. Then once he, well, had, I did. That's true. he started balling, and then they want him back. But that's another story. But, I mean, Levi Wallace, I'm, I'm a fan of him. You know, he's just not the flashy corner. A lot of people like the flashy corners. Mm -hmm. They like the the, the digs who will give you what? He got 10, 11 interceptions. But mm -hmm. he's given up over 1,000 yards receiving this year as well. So, you know, a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, those, those flashy, those big play corners, you know, they usually give a lot of, lot more big plays too because they, they are willing to take chances. So right, I'm cool yeah. with a guy like Levi Wallace, man. He's going he's going to give us an opportunity every every Sunday, man. He keep playing like this, man. We we got something. And, and he's going to get paid. He's going somebody's going to pay him. If the bills oh, we, I want to talk about the contract too, but I want to give a shout out real quick. Shout out to our guy Drip Bayless on YouTube, man. He said he's late as hell. It's all right. The son being born uh, being born uh January 6th. He's at the hospital. So congratulations, man. Uh 
congratulations, uh, premature congratulations from us because we won't be on air when he's born, man. Congratulations. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you know, this is one of the things that I talked about before, and, and you brought up the keyword cap allocation. It would be nice if you could put um, – it would be nice if you could put all pros at every single position without any type of cap allocation, like, like it's baseball or, you know, the max contracts with basketball and things like that, right? But sometimes you have to keep a solid football player who, yeah, can be upgraded at certain positions and pay them correctly so you can pay your top-tier positions and your top-tier guys. Levi Wallace falls right into that category. He's been in the system for what, three years now? Is it three or four years now? This is fourth. Fourth year. Like you said, he's never been great. He's never really been. There's, he's had some really bad moments. He had, I think, one really bad season. He, he was, you know, first half of the season, he was really bad, really, really bad. But he fixed it. And it also showed his mental toughness because he was getting targeted a lot. And the fact that somehow, somehow his target count has dropped dramatically with Trey White out. You would think that teams would target him the same. He's played some pretty solid quarterbacks too. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. I'm not going to say who the Saints quarterback service him. I'm not going to count that. Um, you still have Mac Jones with Josh McDaniels OC. Not that he, like he's played trash quarterbacks or people who wouldn't wouldn't know to go at him or offensive systems that couldn't attack him. They're just choosing not to. And that's how why he's playing at the level he plays at. Now for me, I would extend him immediately when the season's over, right before fragrance. And the reason I'm doing that is because I know what I have in him. And I think that not only did he not only did he elevate his game, Dane Jackson has elevated his game. And now you may have four cornerbacks when Trey White returns next season that are play at a that play at a pretty good level and all have starting experience. And Trey White, Levi Wallace, Teron Johnson, and now Dane Jackson. That can completely allevi- alleviate you from having to draft one early or late if you don't want to. And I'd be confident on all four of those guys. And that's a really tough thing to say in this NFL. And Dane Jackson, rookie minimal contract pretty much. Trey White, yeah, he, he took he took a nice, a nice, as you always say, he took a nice uh, hometown deal for Brandon Bean. But if I had to guess for Levi Wallace, right, I would extend him. Nothing too crazy, but I'm thinking – Three years, twenty million, maybe eighteen million, ten million guarantee, regardless. Seven, seven, uh, six to seven million per year. I think that's fair. I think that's Very fair market fair. value. Very fair. I mean, what is he I, making I would do right it in now? A heartbeat. Um, he may do it as well. I hope he do it. I mean, that's that's fair, fair, fair. So I think we should do it. Mike Boger says, uh. We see if we let Wild work up the sign EJ Gaines again. Yeah, I I, I I bet you one thing EJ Gaines wish he would have took the money and stayed in the system because it fit his uh fit his yeah. skill set. He should have took the the he should have stayed. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Maybe Levi Wilds looks at something like that, the outcome of EJ Gaines, and boom, I'm gonna take this money and I'm gonna stay in the system that I'm comfortable in, that I'm working in, that they and that they trust me in. The grass is not always green on the other side, dude. Nope, not always green. But no, I want to. I just want to give. Uh, I want to give Levi his roses, man. Levi roses widely playing because uh, he's a fragile after the season, but he's held his own. So I want to get a tip of the cap to uh, my man Levi and uh, keep doing what you're doing. No surprise, steady Eddie. Steady Eddie is what he is. But uh, we're 24 minutes into the show, 
So before we get into our Moto Singles Series segment, I do actually want to do bad takes a little bit earlier tonight. Here so we you go. You guys know what time it is. We have three bad takes for you tonight. And like I said, one very good take. So you guys know how this goes. Let's get ready. Bad takes. Week 17. Let's go. Bad take number one. Now, these takes were taken from some, most of these takes were taken from the halftime post of this game. So they were premature. Way to blow that lead. Looks like they're on their way to another letdown. That's the Buffalo way. <laughs> what do you mean? It's the Buffalo. We've been winning. The Buffalo way we lost for 20 years. Now, all of a sudden, it's the Buffalo way? Come on. Bad take number two. Josh has horrible accuracy in decision-making. Unfortunately, that won't change. Due to that, I think the person's trying to say, we can't win a title with Allen. Sorry, but it's just true. There's 28 teams I would take that dude <laughs> and give away their quarterback. Not trade their quarterback, just give them away. It, it, may, be, Josh Allen. it may be 30. And the reason I say 30 because two of the guys in front of them are old. Yeah. <laughs> so it may be, it may be 30. All right. Uh, actually, final bad take of the night. We only got three bad takes. I told you for the first time ever, we had one very, very good take that I found. And I wanted to put it out there because it's near illusion. I want to be a little nicer. So, James, bad take number three, final take. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, these guys could bleep up a wet dream. <laughs> Ten to six, first in the division, <laughs> but they're mess ups. But what does a wet dream got to do with this? What a wet dream? Who was in your wet dream, Josh? I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to listen. You know what? I'm not even going to go there. But what does a wet dream have to do with the Buffalo Bills? I just, I'm speechless. I'm just speechless. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with people? Oh man, the day that that that, that someone would compare the Bills to Wet Dream is just—I mean, I, I could see certain people. I could see, but I can tell you, this person. Never mind. I, you know, I'm going to go to the first good take that I have ever put on this show. A little history here, JT? little history. Week 17, yes, a little history. The first good take. And as you can see, I crossed out bad takes and put good takes. This person says, to be able to say the Bills are perennial contenders has a nice ring to it. Super Bowl rings would be nice, but to know we're not some, yeah, I say it, some shit show every year, year in and year out, is a nice feeling. Yes, that's all we've been trying to say. Enjoy it. Just a little bit. We had a lot of years. I had pretty much my whole high, little bit of elementary school, all of high school, a little bit through college, into adulthood of the Bills being bad. Can you just enjoy it a little bit? Be just a little bit happy? God. <laughs> like that, that is your that is your bad takes for the night. And, uh, you're good. You're, you're one good. You're one good take. Maybe I'll try to find a good take every week. Maybe I'll try to find one. Maybe I'll try to find one every week. But moving on, I do want to talk about our guy, uh, Motor Singletary. 
and his performance this week and moving forward with Motor Singletary. Now, Motor came through in a big way for the Bills. I, he's been looking to bust big runs off for the uh, last couple weeks. But this week, we actually gave him 23 carries, which I'm still I'm still just astounded that we actually gave a running back 20 carries. I didn't, hell, I didn't think we will get the 15. But 23 carries, 110 yards, 4.8 yards a carry, two touchdowns, and he's been running people over, if you have not been watching. Was that Sean running, Williams? He just did dirty? Yeah. <laughs> the the man playing ball, he's coming up big. I don't know. Maybe it was the Saquon Barkley rumors that we hearing. You know, maybe we have heard something about Saquon now. Just saying, it's, it's being put out there. But yo, this your guy. You're the running back in house, James. What is happening? Why is it happening? And what does the offensive line has to do with it? What's the deal? How how is it happening? Why all of a sudden? Fine. <laughs> I've been waiting for this, man. Um, I said it. I'll say it again. This dude is a 1,200-yard back in this league, period. Um, I think now, you know, you, you're starting to see a lot of chemistry with the, the linemen, the running backs. They, they're, getting com- they're gaining confidence in each other. Um, it works both ways. And I think that's really was really starting to happen now. And, you know, for whatever reason, Dable's actually calling run plays now. And Devin Singletary, he's answering the bell. And the line, these dudes, they're not getting enough credit. They've been playing, they've been playing great. And Devin Singletary, he is running the ball like a grown. I gotta say it like this. He's running the ball like a grown ass man. That's exactly how he's running it. He's not tiptoeing, he's finding the scene, and he's going. No hesitating. He's going. He's getting he even I love the two three yard runs because man, people don't real a lot of people don't realize how big it is. They're going to you know, Dable's going to call a better game if he goes into it second and seven, second and eight, as opposed to second and ten. The second and ten, you got to throw the ball here. You know what I mean? If it's second and seven, you can run it again. You know, so that gives you a lot of different options. Uh, and you can set things up a lot better. You know, he's a different play caller if he has the ability to, to go first and or set my first down, get three, even two yards, two, three, four yards on first down. Man, that changes a lot. So I'm excited, man. I hope they keep it up. But Devin Singletary, that dude is balling. He's showing, you know, he's he's trying to make a statement like, yo, I'm that guy. And I, I think he is. Right. And shout out to Zach Moss, too, because Zach Moss has been looking a lot more focused, looking a lot better the last couple weeks, too. I mean, Zach was no slouch in this game either. He had five carries for 39 yards and average seven. Yeah, yards and I was hard on him. I was hard on him last week, man. Yeah, he, he ran the ball tough, and he did what he's supposed to do, man. He has mm. so much ability. He has the ability to be a very special running back in this league, man. And now that's why I was really frustrated. It's not that I was saying he was bad or anything like that. Since that dude has the ability, him and Singletary together can be a dynamic duo. You know, you just got to get it right, man. And, and I mean, I'm confident in. You know, if we have a motivated Zach Moss and a motivated uh, Devin Singletary, he already seemed like he's self-motivated. When we have yeah. those two guys motivated and they running the ball like they're supposed to, it changes the whole dynamic of this team. Now, and I'll tell you, because like I said, I if you, you guys know, I I produce, I get to work with Zach a lot, work with Zach very closely hand-in-hand because I'm actually producer of his show. Zach's a very humble kid, and, um, you know, these, these guys are young men. They have to learn. 
and this is a business too. They it, it doesn't become just football anymore when you get to the NFL. It becomes the business side. And James, you spoke on this multiple times. It's not just football. It's and a lot of things get tied in. And um, I think Zach has bogged down and focused. I think Devin did it after last season. You know, he attacked the, he attacked that offseason hard. You can see the transformation in his body. You can see transformation in attitude. Now, mind you, I've met Devin Singletary multiple times. I've talked to him multiple times. You'll never meet a more humble kid. It's yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Nicest guy in the room. I'm happy for him. Because I felt like it shouldn't have taken this long to give him the keys. I felt like somebody, and you've spoken this before, about Brian Dable possibly not liking smaller backs. It felt like this dude had to work extra hard, extra, extra hard to get something that he had already earned. He earned the starting nod, and he earned trust, in my opinion, his rookie season. I don't think it should have taken this long. I don't think we should have got to week 15 or week 16 in his third season after he's always he's always been productive. Yeah, There's never been a point where he's been productive. He's, I mean, and just like any running back, you're only productive as your offensive line. Yeah, And we can honestly say this offensive line has not been productive these past two seasons in the run game. Probably because we're so pass-heavy. I think that's honestly the reasoning. I don't think it's talent level. I think it's just the reps and and how we play. But he's earned it. I'm happy for him, and I want to see this kid to continue having success. He attacked the offseason. So I, I want to ask you about just about have you seen any changes in the run game concept that has led to this change? And then you could touch on the offensive line. I mean, like, what have you seen in them? And I, I, don't think the, I don't think the concept has really changed much. I mean, you know, you still see some zone stuff and you see a lot more gap gap scheme stuff where you really attacking the gaps instead of zone blocking. And, you know, I just think it's it's a thing of chemistry. I really believe it's just chemistry because it's going back. I had to trust my offensive lineman, knowing and reading blocks, understanding when you know this guy what he what he's doing, what he's setting up, and you know, we kind of we working as one. And I think that's what's kind of happening now because there's more reps, repetition. You can't be effective if you don't have repetition. And the, with the reps they're getting in practice, you'll never, ever be able to simulate a game. But the, the game reps they're getting are very, very valuable, and I think it's just starting to click now. And it's clicking at when we want it to, near the playoffs. We didn't want it clicking in week eight, and then it fizzles out in week 16. We want it to come along now. Now that gives defense coordinators – a little bit more to, to sit up about at night and, and, and plan against, okay, this running game is effective. How are we going to stop it? Not just Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss can run the ball physical inside when he got his head on right. And, and Devin Singletary, that dude's strong as hell, man. You can tell he had to, he had to waste this <laughs> offseason. Yeah. I mean, the dude was in the weight room. You know what I mean? He's strong. He has great balance. So, you know, I mean, if you see him, he's bouncing off the tackles. He's, he's keeping on. That's, that's balance and strength and balance. You know, that's exactly what it is. So, Man, I, I just I think it's just clicking and coming together now, JT. Ryan Bates, as, as people are saying in the chat, has made a big difference. What's the difference you think has been with, between with Ryan Bates, John Feliciano has been on that side, and I mean very very seldomly this season as he as he battled different things in Cody Ford. Is it the fact that Ryan Bates can play all five positional line? And I don't know if people know that, but Ryan Bates can play all five positional offensive line, left from left tackle to right tackle, center, and both guard spots. To be honest with you, when I watch him on film, he's just getting after it. Um, you know, that's that's just it's just point blank 
Period. Simple. That simple as that. He's getting after it. He's hungry. He he don't want to come off the field. And that dude is he's coming off of blocks and he's coming with bad intentions. And you know that's something we were missing. You know what I mean? I I, I think Feliciano could have done it, but he's had a just a strange year this year. Mm. Like he's he's what he is. He's he's a he's a reserve lineman. You know, and we tried to put him in the starting duty, and he's just nice guy. But that ain't that ain't it. Him. You know, he's always going to be that sixth, that seventh lineman. He can come give you a half a game or a full game and get you by. But we needed more than that out of him, and it just wasn't there. Uh, and I think Ryan Bates, I mean, he's been hungry, waiting on this opportunity, and he's going to get it, man, because that dude is balling. He's balling. I mean, the way they're playing right now, obviously they're going to be upgrades. And I know I'm getting a little hit. There's going to be upgrades on the offensive line. But the way they're playing right now, make a case like, hey, do we got to spend big money on a guard? I mean, they're making a strong case right now. I mean, are they going to? Probably. I, I think it'll be a middle of the pack. I don't think it's going to be a high-tier guy. But, I mean, the way he's playing, you give him a shot and then maybe drive somebody in the second round, it's a thought. Well, I mean, like I said, I think that you're going to end, if you do spend money or whether you get a mid-tier, I think that's going to end the Cody Ford era. He's He's done. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I like I like I was hoping for I was pulling for him, but I mean he has so many opportunities he just never sees the moment. He is just a change of scenery is needed. I believe he'll be traded. I think he'll be traded too, and I think there'll be teams that'll be calling for Cody Ford as well because he's a second round pick. He's going just what year going? He's going to be year four next year. It'd be year three, right? Or is it year four? Year four, year four, because he played the first year rotating at right tackle. He played second year. He got hurt. And then last year, this is this is year three. Yeah, is the it? first year was the tight the Texas. He's working right. with the Texas playoff game. You're so right. I mean, there'll be teams calling. He'll be going to year three, right? Yeah, there'll be some team that give up a fifth round or sixth round pick for him. And like you said, he could still end up being good. We saw Wyatt Teller. He could end up being good um, somewhere else. But like you said, change the scenery. And sometimes you just you just need a fresh start. So like yeah. anybody in life. Sometimes you just need to leave your job and go to a different job because mentally you just need a fresh start. I mean, to move out of the house, move a smaller house or bigger house, whatever the case may be, a fresh start. And um, I think if it happens, I do, I do wish him all the best if it happens. But I think Ryan Bates has definitely put himself in a conversation for a starting guard position next year. Um, and like I said, even if they do draft high or even they do uh, pick up an offensive lineman in free agency, I, I'm still keep throwing that name Brandon Scherf out. There. I'm like, you keep throwing it out there. Yeah. Uh, speaking to existence, Ryan Bates is, is going to throw his name in the competition for right guard spot. He may throw his name into the center spot because, like I said, the guy can play off all five of those positions. So, kudos to the offensive line. Do you think Bobby Johnson has done anything different with the offensive line? Because, I mean, this is a guy who was coming under fire. I mean, his job was, we, for, if it was up to us, his job was on the line. Yeah, I think. It was a situation of finding the right combination of guys. You know what I mean? It's when we didn't anticipate Feliciano, uh, you know, all the crazy things that's happened with him. Um, you know, Cody Ford just didn't pan out. And, I mean, he probably is in a position where he had to play him. I mean, you had to see what you got in the second-round pick. Um, I think I think he's did a tremendous job coaching him up because the talent we've had on that line at points in times, Deion Dawkins missed time. Oh man, it, it's it could have been really bad on Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen made some people miss. It could have been bad, bad. I mean, like bad, bad. I think he's done a solid job with without many 
you know, tools, to be honest with you, it's been limited this year. You got to add a couple more bodies in that, uh, quality bodies in that room to really evaluate him. I think he's earned himself another year uh, as offensive line coach. I think so, too. I mean, like I said, sometimes all it takes is that late-season rush to uh, – <laughs> the late-season success to get you going. Yep. But uh, kudos to that Bills offensive line. They've been playing very good the last couple of games, and uh, it, it shows in the stats. It shows on the field. And I think they've definitely passed the eye test for Bills Mafia for the last couple of games here. And hopefully it continues as we get into deeper into January and February to these playoffs because we know you have to be able to run the ball. In the in these uh around these times to 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 make it to uh LA for the Super Bowl if they're gonna if they're gonna do that. But uh before before we get off to that, I do want to talk about uh this Antonio Brown situation. And obviously I think we all know about the situation that took place with it. Um unfortunately Antonio Brown <sighs> taking his uh paths and things like that such off and uh pretty much quitting there on the sideline. Now, I, I'm going to be – I'm not going to make fun of the situation. I'm going to be sensitive to the situation because you you never know if this is actually a mental health issue. Um, I've happened to be on record for multiple times saying that I do believe that Antonio Brown does suffer from possibly CTE. And I, like I said, I don't want to put that in universe and just say I, I – it's just his behavior, mannerism behavior. Um, it strikes me as somebody who's – suffering from something and uh as we know this game of football is very physical very aggressive and we've seen this multiple times the unfortunate part as you brought to my attention james is the nfl is still searching for ways to scan for brain damage because currently right now the only way you can find cte is through an autopsy report so obviously the person is can no longer be alive what have you ever seen anything like this? And I know you played all levels of football. Have you ever seen anything like this happen? I personally haven't. Um, not during the game. Uh, during practice, I've seen people, you know, throw pads, being upset. Um, then the next day they come back and ask for forgiveness. Um, with the whole AB situation, man, it's just unfortunate. Um, mental health is very, very serious. And I actually got upset when I seen people laughing about it on social media uh, in regards to calling them all types of, you know, fools and send third. I mean, if it was a mental health issue, it's nothing to laugh and joke about, man. You know, it, it, and it could be any of us. You know, you never know where somebody is mentally. You know, you don't know who's almost at their breaking point. You know what I mean? It's like you never, ever know what's going on here. You can't see mental illness, you know, in regards to like, you know, a lot of the times, like you can see if somebody has, you know, the flu or you can see when somebody has a broken arm or somebody's hurt that way, but somebody has a mental illness, it's really no way of knowing, man. It's, it's, it's absolutely sad. You know, I hate to see it. Um, I think it may be some things going on. I mean, it's obvious Antonio Brown got some things going on uh, upstairs. Me personally, I want to know you know, what actually happened. Does that justify his actions? No. But at the same time, what, what pisses me off about people, um, they act like professional athletes are human, right? Mm -hmm. No matter, that's their job. That's what they do. That don't make them no better or no worse than anyone else, right? So, 
You mean to tell me if there, if it was, I'm just saying, I'm throwing a hypothetical situation out there. If he felt disrespected or if he felt treated, mis, just mistreated in any type of way, disrespected, there's people out there that will walk out their job. So he walked out his job, which people do literally every day. Daily right? basis. People right. walk out their job and, and, and nobody can sit here and tell me they're going to let their employer just continuously disrespect. I'm not saying this happened. With the Antonio Brown situation, I'm just giving an example. If he felt he was disrespected and wrong and just done wrong, he did something that Americans do on a daily. People said on people walked out of jobs and sat on unemployment during the pandemic. People right now are, are refusing to get the vaccine and, and letting it well, whatever fire me. I mean, that's kind of a similar situation. If he was injured, as they're saying, and he just wasn't physically able to perform. And they tried to put him out there. He did what a lot of people are doing right now when they, they're trying to force people to get the vaccine. Well, hey, guess what? If my ankle, if his ankle's hurt and he can't perform the best of his abilities, putting himself and his team at risk, okay, fire me. That's what America, people, these same people that's dogging him, they don't dog these Americans, who, who, the other Americans that's making that choice to, to not get the vaccine and just say, hey, okay, let me go. Or, they're leaving their jobs. You know, I want to know what really happened. You know, it's, and once again, I personally wouldn't handle it that way. You know, I'm not making an excuse for Antonio Brown. But at the same time, it's only so much disrespect any of us are going to take. If he felt disrespected or anything, you never know. And he was at his breaking point. We all have a breaking point. Yeah. If somebody, I, I don't give a damn how much money you pay me. My respect is priceless. You know what I mean? My man, me being my, me, I'm a man before anything. So you can, I'm making a million dollars, $15 million a day. Mm-hmm. There, you're not going to disrespect me and just act like I'm supposed to take it because you're paying me a, a nice salary. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, if that's how you operate, cool. I don't operate or function that way. And I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown is a guy that don't function that way. So it's only so much disrespect and foolery he's going to take before he say the hell with it. And, you know, you got to realize, too, when your money right, you know, you, you handle things off. different. A lot, a lot, a lot of people, you know, he don't need that money right now. He don't. You know what I mean? Pac said it. Don't go to, go, you can't go to war. Don't go to war unless you got your money right. He got his money right, so he went to war with them. Is he going to win that battle? No. But, you know, he, that's a decision he made. He has to live with it, you know. But to call him a fool and make fun of, what could be a potential mental health situation. All right. But who are you to tell him he can't walk out of a job where people do every day? You know, that's, that didn't dance his job. He's not supposed to take more than average human being because he make a good salary. That's just bull, bull crap. Well, I mean, like I said, it is the day it, we do live in the day and age of the great resignations, they call it. And um, yeah, he walked off. I mean, it was very unprofessional. Very. It's something you don't do. And it's, it's even if he was mad at Bruce Arians, that's one thing, but you don't walk out on those other fifty-three guys, fifty-two Never. guys on that roster. Never, because and not to cut you off, JT, but I didn't want to. I wasn't trying to make an excuse to say mm-hmm. he was justified to do that. I was just playing devil's advocate a little bit. You know what I mean? But I would never handle nothing like that. Me personally, I just yeah. wanted to get that out there. Yeah, I mean th- th- that was the biggest part for me is you. You don't walk out on your teammates. These are the guys that you bleed sweat. You bleed sweat and tears for. But you don't walk out on them. Um, I thought that. And, and like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to diagnose people. I'm not a doctor. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but there's definitely something wrong there. 
because I mean, if there's not, then I mean, if there's not something mentally wrong there, then this dude is just on a train wreck, and he just does what he wants to do. But Boy, you know, I a lot can, ego can be, play a lot in that JT. It can, it can, it, it, it can. I, I but I, I would not like to think that a regular human being would have that much ego where we've had the list of things that he's done over the past three to four years. Yeah, well, well, well we've seen I, it I agree with you, but let, let's look at it too. A lot of things he said has came true and that he's had a problem with. It, it, it's, it's came to light. People called him crazy and all this other stuff. Look at what happened with John Gruden. He had a problem there. Look what happened with him. He's not yeah. there anymore. Look no, at this, he, the Pittsburgh. He, certain things happened in Pittsburgh. He I did. Mean, he did. He did have a problem with Gruden, and I mean, I, I get that, but I don't think that had anything to do with who Gruden's problem, which the person was. I think his major problem was actually with Mayock more than it was Gruden. I think Gruden was actually trying to fix it. What it seems to me, what the problem with Antonio Brown is, is he's slapping the hands away from people who are trying to help him. You know, he's he, he's like that family member who takes advantage of other family members, right? So. And let's go back to Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin has never been one to not get along with his players. Yeah. But you had a problem with Mike Tomlin. So did Le'Veon Bell, but now Le'Veon Bell is kind of hinting that he wants to go back to Pittsburgh now. So that the grass will green on the side. Then you get traded to, to, the, to the Raiders. They get you out. First of all, let's just actually let's not skip the Raiders. He almost comes here to Buffalo. This is a team that wants you, wants to bring you in, wants you to work out. And you pretty much slap you slap us in the face before you even get here, and then you laugh at us after you slap us in the face. Then the Raiders trade for you. You say you're free, you're happy, da 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 da. You get there, and then boom, everything happens there. And that's a problem. Then you go to New England. Not necessarily his fault. Some allegations, things came up. New England has to release him because we do live in the day and age where you, the league, almost forced you to release people for certain things. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady gets him down there in Tampa, and this is what you do to Tom. And I've talked to many a players that says, if you want to play with anybody ever as an NFL player, it's Tom Brady because he takes care of his guys, takes yeah. care of his teammates. Um, and he wants to be treated like number one. That's my only issue with it. And like I said, if his mental health, which at this point. I'm going to give Antonio the benefit of the doubt and say that it's, it's mental health. Because I don't think that an Antonio Brown without problems does all this. I don't see it. Um, But Buffalo dodged a, a, a bullet. Big time. Buffalo dodged the bullet. The dead trade did not go through. It worked out perfect. I mean, that means probably dig. we have no digs. Digs won't be here. I mean – Diggs is a perfect fit for the Buffalo culture, what you're trying to do. On and off, it's just a perfect fit. And I, I think Antonio Brown would have been the opposite here. Antonio Brown, and we, we we talk about this all the time, especially off air. Um, we have our chats about how important culture and locker room and chemistry is important in football compared to other sports. Yeah. Number one, it's important in all sports, but football is such a grueling sport and such a minuscule sport as far as execution goes that everything has to be on the line. Yep. And one person can destroy an entire locker room. This is why we we were so concerned about the Cole Beasley situation this, this season going into it, because it takes one person and one thing to throw off the, I don't know if you call it, I call it the zen of a locker room 
and completely derail a possible Super Bowl team. And Antonio Brown would have completely derailed this franchise. And I'm sorry to say that about the guy, but he would have completely derailed this. And who knows what he would have done to the development of Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it was just would have been a bad, bad situation. And it worked out for itself. It, it just it wouldn't have been good for the development. It wouldn't have been good for the locker room. I don't think the locker room was ready for it at that point in time. Yeah. Is the locker room ready for it now? Yes. At that time, absolutely not. No. You you had Tremaine was Tremaine was was young. Um Josh Josh was young. You had guys like Renzo Alexander still leading. And if you brought someone like Antonio Brown, people like Alexander and Cal Williams wouldn't have been able to take these young guys under their wing and show them how to do things the right way to become leaders, the leaders that they are now in 2022. Because you would have been focused on trying to fix this mess over here, yeah. trying to deal with this guy over here, asking questions in the pressers about this guy over here. That has nothing to do with football. And that's the worst thing you can do with a, with a football team. So, well, you know, I, I just want to touch on that real quick. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, mental mental health is very important. And we can, as we continue to go through this pandemic and things um, with everything that's going on across this country and world, we could just tell you, you know, please focus on your mental health yourself. Absolutely. You know, if, if you need to take a step back from things that's bothering you, do so. If you need to take a step back from, take a break from things, do so. Just keep your mental health online and, uh, Stay safe. But, uh, James, that's pretty much our show, man. We got the Jets coming up this week. You think we uh, are <laughs> AFC East clinch this week? I believe so. They're going to fight, though. It's not going to be easy. Them dudes going to fight. They're going to come they, in the fight. They fight. Because you got to realize, what, what fans, a lot of fans don't realize, it's these dudes that's coming in. They plan for their NFL career. This is their resume. What they put on film these last few games mm-hmm. are going to tell who's going to sign them, if they're going to stay there or get cut or if they're going to get signed as for ages somewhere else. They're going to look at their effort and see what they bring to the table, man. I mean, they're fighting for their NFL lives right now. If you come out there and you put a, a BS product on the field, the 31 other teams going to see that. Who wants a guy that tanks it at the end of the year on their roster? So these guys, I got a feeling they're going to come in and fight. We're going we're gonna to take care of business, but they're going to fight. It's not going to be easy. But we'll, 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 we'll be good. You know what? The, the Jets are building, and I want to give them credit. They, they had not quit on Rabasala, and that's the biggest thing you can see from a coach, the team not quitting in your last couple of games. They've actually played very extremely tough, and, and I think you're right. We do have a tough game on our hands. I think we're going to win this by double digits, though. I think we're just that much better than them. But hats off to Rabasala and the Jets for continuing to fight this season. And Absolutely. As I, I said earlier this season, that the Bills' rival for the next 10 years in the AFC East will not be the New England Patriots. It will not be the Miami Dolphins. It will be the New York Jets if Zach Wilson develops. And he looks a lot like Josh Allen looked after the injury his rookie season. When he had when he got the step back, and he said he's always a record saying he got the step back. Then when he came back, the game slowed down for him because he had to he got the chance to play, then he got to watch, and then he went to back to playing. So uh yeah James uh hopefully we can wrap up this get the AFC East this week at a home game. Um, I, you know what? I, I would like to play New England Patriots, and I'll say it again for second week in a row. I want to play them, win or lose. I want to play them in the first round of the playoffs if we can, because that's the proper way to dethrone. Absolutely. Um, I want to put our foot on their necks, and we already got our foot on our necks, and now I just want to press down just a little bit. A little bit. Get a little bit. Finish the job. <laughs> finish the job. Yeah. 
fatality, as they used to say in Mortal Kombat. Finish it. <laughs> yep. But hey, guys, this was another episode of the. Um, oh, gee, I forgot the name of the show. Jesus, nothing personal. It's just bills. I am your host, JTM. I got my co-host and my guest in the building, uh, former NFL running back James Mallory. And uh, James, thanks for joining me tonight. And uh, this was a great show, great segment. Bills yeah. are – I mean, we won. Always, it, man, especially after a win, it's always smooth. It's always it's always a better show. Like oh, I yeah. Said. So let's keep playing. Uh, like I said, guys, it's a new year, new Bills running the football. Let's continue running the ball. And uh, we'll see you guys same place, same time. Next week, I don't think we got you got nothing going on, right? Nothing, nothing coming. Nothing up. going on, but bills, bills. All right, make sure you guys are following us on all platforms on Spotify. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Discover Seven One Six has a giveaway on Instagram right now. We're give we gave them a, a Kyle Williams autograph jersey from Buffalo Autographs. They're giving that, so make sure you get that. They got like three different prizes. That is at Discover Seven One Six on Instagram. So make sure you're checking that out. And as always, thank you for tuning in to your Tuesday touchdown. I am your host, JTM, again, and we will catch you next week. Hopefully, it's back-to-back AFC East champions. That, that has a nice ring to it. Catch you later. Peace. We out.